In John, if you would look at the uh, third chapter, at our text again, uh, we began a series a few weeks ago called In the Spirit. In the Spirit. And in John 3 and 5, Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus differentiated. Flesh is flesh, and spirit is spirit. We need that very distinct in our thinking. In the fourth chapter, right there just next door perhaps, John 4 and 20, the woman at the well said to Jesus, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, but you say, talking about Jewish people, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. It's not about where you worship. He said, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. The Messiah came out of uh, the seed of Abraham. But the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers, if you got true worshipers, what other kind must you have? False. False. Fake. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. There is true worship and there is phony worship. And true worship is not about the facility. It's not about the rituals. It's not about the prescribed memorization of things. It's about spirit as opposed to flesh and truth as opposed to what's false. And phony. Very few times do you see the word of God say something that God can't do. And one of them is that he can't lie. Cannot. Impossible. It has to do with his core being. And it's one of the most marked differences between him and the devil. The devil is the father of lies. And everything about him is deceptive and phony, which is why the world, the whole earth, is the way it is. Because Satan is right now the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says so. 1 John says the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. Now that's vastly different than God's in control. Which is what many churches preach. That everything down here, God's controlling and in control of. And even if you don't understand it, he's letting it happen for a reason. It's accomplishing his higher purposes. Well, no, that's just not true. I mean, to say everything that's happening is the will of God is to say that disobeying God and not believing God and rejecting God is the will of God too. No. And the Bible very clearly from Old Testament all the way through 
He said, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose. If God's controlling everything, you choose can't be. If God's controlling everything, there can be no if. The truth is, if you do this, listen to God, believe him, do what he says, he's going to be involved in your life. And he will have in your life whatever control you yield to him. He's not controlling you unless you yield to him. Now, this is contrary to what a lot of people believe, but study the Bible. Not through traditional colored glasses, but what does it actually say? Look at it again. He said, the worship's not going to be this place or that place. True worshipers, is that what we want to be? Shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. I'm not done with that other. When I first got saved, I believed some wrong stuff, like you. (laughs) I remember telling somebody, and it sounds ignorant to me now, because it is. But that's where I was. I believed in God. And I knew I was born again. And I believed God was almighty. And he is. And I believe he's all wise. And he is. But I heard people say. God is controlling everything. And I thought yeah. Yeah. And and we were talking about it with some other guys one time. And. And I said, yeah, I tell you what, God's in control. He's totally in control. I said, for instance, there was a truck coming down the road. I said, if I got out in front of that truck and it wasn't God's will for me to die, I wouldn't die. That's stupidity. (laughs) Stupidity. I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about I believed that. Thankfully, a long time ago. Why am I saying that? A lot of folks still believe some version of this. But the truth is, God gave you a brain. And he gave you some understanding. And one of the biggest things he gave you is a free will. You can choose to do what you want. You can choose to disobey him. You can choose, you know, I I was... I didn't realize it, but one of the scriptures says, don't tempt the Lord your God. When the devil tempted Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the temple, it's just that same stuff going on. That if you really believe, the devil quoted scripture to Jesus. He said, it's written. He'll give his angels charge over you. They'll bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You believe that? You believe that? You really believe that? Prove it. A lot of folks would have jumped. Some have, and they're no longer with us. People say, well, see, there it must not have been God's will. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. You can do stupid stuff and cut off your life. 
The Bible said the wicked, bloody and deceitful men won't live out half their days. But if you follow God and are wise, you can have years added to you. Your life prolonged. Can you see this? These things are not set in concrete. They're not set in stone. What we do affects what happens to us. That should be obvious just from looking around. It's amazing how dark in the understanding of folks can get when they come in a church and sit down. They wouldn't leave that stuff on the street. It's just completely unreasonable and logical, illogical. But anyway, it's not true. It's not true. If you won't listen to the Lord, it's going to cost you. But if you will listen to him, oh, praise God, you can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. Under the shadow of the Almighty, and he will have some control in your life. Remember the scripture says, Jesus said, I go wherever I want and do whatever I want. Now, I stand at the door and knock. Did he say that? He didn't say, I'm coming in, whether you want me to come. No. People say, he's God, he's going to do it. No, he's not. He's outside. And if you don't let him in, he won't be in with you. If you don't invite him into your life, you don't include him in your life, you don't ask him, you won't get his wisdom. You won't get his direction. Somebody needs to hear it. (laughs) So don't do something stupid, okay? (laughs) Ask the Lord, you know, what he says. Find out what he says in his word and follow him and a whole new world to open up to you. 23, let's keep going. True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. Verse 24, God is a spirit. He's not a mind. He's not a big brain. He's a spirit. They that worship Him must. That's the same word we saw in Hebrews 11, right? Not optional. If you're going to worship Him... You must worship him in spirit and in truth. You can be going through rituals, but you wouldn't really be worshiping him. And sadly, there are billions of people on the planet worshiping other things beside God. And it's totally in vain. There are not many paths to him. Jesus said he is the only way. Jesus is the only way. But if you're going to worship him, you've got to worship him in spirit and in truth. Go to the sixth chapter, please. 6.63. Jesus said, it is the spirit that quickens. Now, this is key. If I had to pick one text for our entire series, one verse, this would be it. What does it mean in the spirit? If it's in the spirit, the spirit's in it, involved in it. And what's an indication that the Holy Spirit is involved in it? The spirit quickens. 
Now that's an old English word, a King James word. But it literally means to make alive. To make alive. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. He's the quickening spirit. He's the spirit of resurrection. Somebody say glory to God. (laughs) Guess who lives in you? If you're born again, he's in you. If you yield to him, he'll manifest on you too. And he is not the spirit of death. Don't be conformed to the world's preoccupation with death. Common jargon and lingo. Oh, you're killing me. Laugh till I thought I'd die. Scared me to death. Why don't you ever hear, you're quickening me. Tickled me to life. Why don't you hear that? Why don't you hear that? Because the devil would never inspire worldly people to say this. He is involved in death. The spirit of God is the spirit of life. We should not talk death. We should speak life. We should speak things the Holy Spirit can hook up to, can get involved with. He he can't get involved with us talking death over ourselves. Don't be conformed to the world's infatuation with death. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't want any skulls. On my motorcycle. <laughs> I don't want any skulls. Any crossbones. They're cool. According to who? Well it was a wonderful paint job. You know it's layers deep. It's an evil skull. And it's got fire coming in his eyeballs. No. I don't care how pretty the paint is. I'm a child. Of life. I got the spirit of life. In me. Hallelujah. We're also children of the resurrection. Glory to God. We're going to experience our bodies changed from mortal to immortal. Spirit and flesh. Jesus said what? It's the spirit that does what? Quickens. What's quickened mean? Another word is revive. To revive, to make alive, quickening. I, having some small experience with the Spirit of God, I'm reminded of a, a jolt, like an electric shock almost, but without the pain. Because that's energy and power. And he is quickening, reviving. Say it out loud. The spirit quickens. The spirit spirit makes alive. alive. This is how you can tell. One of the indicators you can tell it's the Holy Spirit. He's never dead. 
Flesh is dead. The Holy Spirit. Now there's more than one kind of spirit. The Holy Spirit. You're a spirit. But the Holy Spirit. Quickens. And that's one of the big ways. You can distinguish. Between him. He who is in you. And your own spirit. You are a spirit being. Another spirit dwells in this body with your spirit. And he witnesses with your spirit. One of the things he lets you know is that you're a child of God. And he does that with the witness of the spirit. And it always, when it's him, there's always a quickening. A quickening. It's why you get excited. You get the witness. You get the quickening. Phyllis and I were, were talking about this the other day. Back in when was it? 2002? When we were driving up from Tulsa over to Branson to look around to see what the Lord was dealing with us about. We'd already been in the ministry for 20 years at that time plus. And the Lord had been dealing with us about Branson. Branson kept coming up to us. We went over there and spent a day and looked around and thought, okay. And then we went back out on the road. We'd never talked about pastoring. On vacation one time, I remember we were standing at the edge of that lake. And, and, and I looked at her and I said, you ever thought about pastoring? She said, no. I said, me neither. <laughs> and that, that's how much we talked about pastoring. So we've been traveling ministers for 20 years, and, and we enjoyed it, and, and we thought that's our thing. And uh, so we, at that point, we had no idea that we we're going to start a church in Branson. That just, or that we're still thinking, what's the deal with Branson? Because we'd get out on the road and couldn't quit thinking about Branson. And we're thinking, why? I mean, it's a great place, but... It's not like I just always wanted to go to Branson. And, and uh, why? And so we thought well, we need to go up there and just get us a room and stay a few days. And pray about this because something's going on. Mm-hmm. Just keep coming up to us. Just kept coming up to us. So we get in the car. It's a three-hour drive, I guess, or so. We're driving to Branson. And about halfway up there, we get to talking about it. Phyllis starts shouting. And there's a quickening to us in the car. And man, she just really got excited. And, and, and I got stirred too. And what's happening? What's happening? Quickening. We're excited about going up here. And your head's going, huh? What? Why, what are we excited about? We had no clue. We didn't know anybody. We, we, at that point, we got no direction. Not even thinking about a church. Somebody say quickening. Quickening. There was a quickening. There was a a, a reviving. There was an excitement. There was life. Somebody say life. Jesus said the spirit quickens. We were reminded later when we saw what the Lord did. We're still seeing what there was to be excited about. No wonder. Because the Holy Spirit is in your spirit, your spirit can pick up things your head's got no clue about. Right. 
Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr. and Miss Aretha, who are in heaven now, they had been in Texas for all their lives and traveled out of there. And they had come up to Tulsa and moved their offices up there and been there for a few years and, and felt impressed to look at some things for offices. And, and when they got to that place in Broken Arrow, and they said when they turned off the street, both of them looked at each other. And they had a quickening. This is it. This is it. It was just a few acres and a, a warehouse and, and a small office building. And, and uh, now there's what, 100 acres there and Rainbow Bible Training Center and, and all of that. But none of that was there at that point. But they both looked at each other and said, this is it. This is it. In learning to be led by the Spirit, watch for the witness. Everybody say, watch for the witness. witness. Thank you, Lord. Something good's going on right now. I was looking to see exactly which way to go, and I got it now. Hallelujah. This is, well, well, we've got a quickening. (laughs) This is it. You know, um, we've bought buildings and and lands and and pieces of equipment and same thing happened with us when we uh, got a a witness about looking here in Sarasota. Uh, We were surprised because, you know, I taught at at, at the training center for years and, and students, you know, over the years, thousands of them go out and and when somebody would say, yeah, God called me to Florida, we'd kind of laugh and go, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> you know, because it's so nice there at the wintertime and you got the beaches. Yeah, okay. Yeah, kind of laugh and smile at each other. Yeah, hope he did. <laughs> so it was not something we had ever discussed, you know. And we actually, uh, after being in Branson for several years, we... Uh, we had the witness in our spirit we were supposed to start another church in another part of the country. And so we were looking. And we, and we looked some other places several times. We did not look here. We weren't looking anywhere in Florida. We were looking in other places. But just didn't have the witness. We looked at some nice places. We talked to some nice people. Some interesting things happened. I'm talking about over a period of three years. Some miraculous things happened, but just didn't have that quickening, that witness. Seek, and you shall find. But you've got to keep on seeking until. How do you know you found it? The Spirit of God will quicken you. Somebody Beside, in addition to you, is in you. And when he quickens you, you know it. I'm not talking about trying to feel a physical feeling. I'm not talking about trying to hear voices. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit. Romans 8 says. In fact, let's just turn there and read it. Now I'll finish my story. The spirit quickens, Jesus went on to say, the flesh profits nothing. Romans 8. We don't want to do things in the flesh. 
Doing things in the flesh, you make mistakes. Doing things in the flesh, you miss it. How many know you can miss it? In uh, Romans 8, this is an amazing chapter, this 8th chapter of Romans. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation, verse 1, to them which are in Christ Jesus, who do what? Walk not what after the flesh, but what? After the Spirit. So you can walk after the flesh, and you can walk after the Spirit. Walking after the flesh, what would that be? Well, your, your flesh is in contact with this physical realm. What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you touch, and the reasoning that goes with that. The natural, we'd say. But the spirit, how would you walk after that? Keep reading. The law of the spirit of what? Life. The spirit of life. Say it out loud. The spirit of life lives in me. The spirit of life quickens me. What kind of spirit? Spirit of life lives in me. The spirit of life quickens me. And he's made me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Well, no, let me read verse 3. I'm trying to rush again. What the law could not do and that it was weak through what? The flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be filled in us, fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There's walking after the flesh, what you see, what you hear, what you feel. And the reasoning that you reason based on what you see, hear, and feel. Or walking after the Spirit. Verse 5, for they that are after the flesh do what? Mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. So, We are a multi-part being. We're not just body and mind. We are spirits and souls, and we have minds and bodies. And our minds can contact the flesh on the outside and the spirit on the inside. Our minds can contact both. But it's up to us where we direct our minds. I can focus my mind on the outside or I can focus my mind on the inside. And which way I choose to focus is what I'll follow after. If I'm focusing on the flesh with my mind, I'm going to follow after the flesh. If I'm focusing on the greater one who lives inside me, Focusing inside, 
Brother Hagin used to say all the time, we need to be more God inside minded. Instead of we might say flesh outside minded. God inside minded. But your mind, you can focus out or in. They that are after the flesh, what are they doing? Focusing their mind, mind and thinking about stuff on the outside. Those that are after the Spirit, they're minding the things of the Spirit. Keep going. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. The way you cannot identify what is flesh, it's dead. There's no life in it. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hallelujah. Man, I'd preach this just to myself. Do we need to know this? Yes. Oh. Talking about two completely different ways of living. One ministers death, the other life and peace. Well, it's not peace on the other, so it's death and distraction and confusion and frustration. But the other is life and peace. Say it again. I got the spirit of life in me. He quickens me. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And another thing you can connect this with. What else can't you please God without? Faith. So walking in the flesh does not require walking by faith. I've never said that, I don't think. Walking in the flesh is walking by sight. Walking by what you see and you hear and you feel. Walking in the flesh doesn't require walking by faith. You're walking by sight. So it can't walking in the flesh can't please God. They that are in the flesh can't please God. Read the next verse or to make you shout. But you're not in the flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. hey. Somebody said, this is my Bible. And it just told me. I'm not in the flesh. But in the spirit. Hallelujah. <laughs> you're not in the flesh. But in the spirit. If so be. That the spirit of God dwell in you. If you're born again. The Spirit of God dwells in you. He said, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. You had not been born again. If the Spirit of God's not in you, you had not been born again. You know, you can go to church, be a member of a church, and that don't make you a child of God. But if you've been born again, the Spirit of God dwells in you. And if you, the Spirit of God dwells in you, you're not stuck in the flesh. You're not limited to a life in the flesh. You're alive in the spirit. And Galatians talks in detail about this. Since we're alive in the spirit, let us walk in the spirit. And he just got through describing here how to do it. One of the big things is where your mind is. 
where your mind is. Verse 10. If Christ be in you, somebody say he is. Then the body's dead because of sin. Now that's talking about right now. Somebody say my body's not dead. Yeah, it is. It's not spiritually, your body is not spiritually alive. And it is in the process of dying. Like everything on this planet. I know that's not a pleasant thought, but it's just the truth. Your body did not get born again. But God's got you covered. Don't. <laughs> God's got you covered. If Christ be in you, the body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. Or other translations say, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Somebody say, he does, he does. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. Do what? Quicken your mortal. The Young's literal says dying will quicken your dying bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Oh, this is a wonderful verse. This is an awesome verse. The spirit of God, the same spirit that moved over Jesus' body in that tomb. What happened to his flesh, to his body? The resurrection life and power of God flowed through his body. Hallelujah. And he was raised from the dead. And if that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Somebody say, he does. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal dying bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Yes. This is talking about the resurrection of the body to come. But it's also talking about experiencing the earnest of your inheritance. The first fruits of the spirit. Which are. If I can use this term. Many. M-I-N-I. Many quickenings. To sustain you. Until the time when you get the full thing. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Now keep reading. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. We might say we're not debtors to the flesh. To live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, what's connected to that? Death. The flesh and death, spirit and life. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you're going to have to do something with it because it's loud and it's in your face all the time. But if you will mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now notice what this immediately flows into. For... As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. This walking in the Spirit cannot be separated from being led by the Spirit. They're one in the same. As many as are led by the Spirit, they're the sons of God. Are you a son of God, a child of God? 
We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself, or other translations say himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. These words, this revelation, this truth that we just got through reading is amazing. It is so wonderful. You can live after the flesh. You can make your decisions just based on what you see, what you hear, what you feel, and the reasoning associated with that. Or you can be mindful of the one who lives in you. I'm talking about all day and all night. Mindful of him, checking with him, looking, listening, asking, looking for that quickening. I mentioned to you, we had a witness, we're supposed to start another church. And, uh, you know, after a couple of years, it can be a little frustrating if you let it. Where are we going to do this? And some places that we had looked at, you just, you'd, you'd like to try to make it be that. Let's be done. You got to watch out for that one. You get tired of waiting. Maybe got some pressures from other areas and you want to be through. Here's something that's available. What's wrong with this? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. No witness is no good. It means you don't have it yet. Keep looking. Keep believing. And this is not fun for the flesh. You've got to mortify and Put your flesh down. Because your flesh will scream. I got a deadline. I got to have this. I got to have the other. Well, back up a little bit. We were in Branson at that first building. We needed room for our children. They're maxed out. So we need room. Well, they had acres beside of us, nothing on it. You can buy that, you can build. Makes perfect sense. And the people were ready to sell. At a crazy high price. Well God's a big God. I mean if it's money. He can get it to you. But there's a problem. No witness. witness. You need it. It's there. Children's workers need relief. Children need relief. How are we going to grow? This went on for years. Everybody say years. Years. Say years. Years. Not fun fun. for the flesh. flesh. It's not fun for your flesh. And then the property we're in now became available. Not just available. I won't go into all the details, but man... It was a time-sensitive situation, and the price, wow. And we got a witness. We got a witness. And in a short amount of time, it was ours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sit out loud, look for the witness. Look for the witness. Wait. Wait. 
for the witness. Wait for the witness. We came down here because something came up in our spirit. And we're, we're both thinking, really? Florida? Because, you know, we, we had laughed for years about other people in Florida. You know, the Lord has a sense of humor about yes, things like does. that. He's, I mean, we didn't mock people, make fun. We just, you know, it was kind of a running joke. Sure, you're called to Florida. And uh, so we thought, okay, we'll go down. Phyllis and I got in the plane by ourselves, flew into the airport at Sarasota. We didn't know anything about Sarasota. We had been through it a time or two. We had vacationed down in, um, what was the one, the other beach way down there? Minnesota, Key. And of course, if you're just vacationing, you don't really have reason to come to Sarasota. And, um, but we knew it was here. And, and anyway, we landed at the airport, didn't know anything. Got a rental car. And in 15 minutes time, we were sitting in the parking lot here. And had a witness. And found out it was already sold. Had already been put in the paper that it was sold. Had already been on the local news that it was sold. So we looked at other properties. About, oh, uh, 15 miles from here was a much bigger place for a lot less money. It's a deal. Lot, lot more square foot. Lot less money. But there was a problem. Come on, help me out. Say, what was? How many know you can try to work up a witness? But you need. (laughs) You can kid yourself that you got a witness. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's so much we don't know. We didn't know anything about the area. And so we looked at several other places. No witness, no witness, no witness. And we told the guys, well, if something happens that is not sold, let us know. They did. (laughs) We had to witness, and in short order, it was ours. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This airplane thing, the one we got now. We're talking about five years in that process. I'm looking at little airplanes and trying to get my faith up to a newer version of the little airplane. (laughs) And, And it kept coming to me, that won't go any further than the one you have. It won't haul anymore. But I, I, I couldn't you know, I was like that woman we talked about. Right. You know, man of God, don't play with me. Right. You know, <laughs> I just I couldn't see it. And as the years went by, finally I I looked up to a midsize because I thought, well, yeah, now that'd go coast to coast, and that would carry a few more people, and uh, and even saw some great deals. And but there was a problem. No witness. No witness. And uh, finally, began to look at a little. The least of the larger cabin that could cross an ocean, and oh wow, really? And 
and talked to a man, and this was after four or so years. Talked to a man out the airport. Phyllis and I were out there, and they came in in a brand new big cabin one. A big company, I mean, you know, brand new. And I knew they, they knew about this particular manufacturer, and I asked him, yeah, they just happened to have one. They had one of every kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, great. I said, what about it? Oh, it's a great airplane. And, and, uh, and he said, well, where would you be flying? And, and I said, well, uh, I mentioned Africa, and I mentioned the South Pacific and Australia. He said, oh, uh, you're going across the Pacific. The 900's your plane. Well, that was the big brother of the one we were talking about. And uh, when he said it, he lit up. He's flying the newest one that's bigger than that. And he's, he's excited about the one he's telling me about. The 900. And as he's talking, the Spirit of God quickened me. He said, this is the plane I showed you 16 years ago. Oh, somebody say glory to God. It took him... In fact, from start to finish, it took him 20 years to get us to this place. And it had taken him, he sowed the seed 16 years before that. And then he reminded me and said, I showed you this. 16, and and when that came to me, there was the quickening. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. For the, well, why not? People say, why not this? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? There's a thousand and one things you could do. Mm-hmm. Right? right? If you're looking for the cheapest. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for the easiest. Mm-hmm. You walk after the flesh. Yeah. What you see, what you hear, what you reason. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll miss God's best. So then we finally, so we looked at the oldest and the least of those. <laughs> and we saw one. And we, we were able to see it over in Dallas. And we went in and we thought. Oh wow. Would you look at this. It'd cross oceans. It'd take a dozen people. It'd haul 2,000 pounds of stuff. Man. You could do something with this. But it just seemed too much. And the one we got. Is the new upgraded version of that. And in, the, in that time length, mm-hmm. it also came down millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. While our faith was heading towards it, he was bringing the price to meet us. <laughs> but if you settle or if you won't look or if you move too quick, somebody say, wait on the witness. Wait on the witness. It's not how most of the world operates. They look at the price. They reason. They rationalize. And they make a decision. Mind is focused out here. And that's all the information that's used to reach the decision. But the truth is, you'll never know enough to make perfect decisions. For one thing, what do you know about the future? And the people that tell you they know, they don't know. But we know somebody who does, who actually knows the end from the beginning and who knows where your path is supposed to go and intercept. And there's only one way you can get there. It's by faith and by following. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Following what? Following him. 
The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Oh, somebody say the living Holy Spirit. The Spirit Spirit of life life lives in me me. and He quickens me. He quickens me. me. For several years, Phyllis and I have been praying about the next phase of our lives. We've been in ministry now for, what, 35 some years? Pushing 40 years? We're not old, but we're not, yeah, we're definitely not old. But we're not teenagers. We're not 20 years old anymore. And uh, man, time passes by so quick. So quick. The la- this last 20 years of ministry, it just has gone by so quick. And you realize in another 20 years, and then you know a few more after that, you're going to be 80 and, and 90. And that's if the Lord's able to sustain you. If we'll walk with him, and if he tarries his coming, there's several factors there. But if you walk with him and he sustains you, man, you look up, you're going to be 90. You're going to be looking at, you know, yeah, 120 is a maximum you can shoot for. But uh, there's a lot of things you've got to do to cooperate with him. If you want his best, you've got to give him your best. And if you want the perfect will of God, you've got to do the perfect will of God. Elsewise, it'll cost you. It'll, you'll forfeit some things. But uh, we prayed about it. What's the best use of uh, our remaining time? How can we redeem it? We, we can't do everything. We're not called to do everything. What's our focus? And in talking one day, we're at the restaurant. We'd been praying and talking for off and on for years. We're at the restaurant and uh, we start talking about a faith school broadcast. And we got what we're looking for. What were we looking for? We talked about doing this. We talked about doing that. We talked about in, uh, doing this some more. Or increasing this. Or I mean there's a lot of things you can do. And there's needs everywhere. But you know. Even though the Lord told us to go in all the world. And preach the gospel to every creature. You read in the book of Acts where Paul started to go to one place, said the Holy Spirit forbade him. Is that right? I thought he said go into all the world. That was not you personally go into all the world. That's the whole body. You can't do everything. I mean, that's obvious. So what should you do? Certainly it's going to be based on the word. Certainly you're going to find it by faith. But it's connected to this witness, which is a quickening quickening in you about something. You look at this and it's great, but there's just no quickening. You you look at this and everybody says, this is it, this is it, and they're excited, but you don't have the quickening. What should you do? Keep looking. Keep looking. Keep believing. Keep praying about it. Keep seeking. Will this be fun for your flesh? Oh, no, man, there are times when your flesh is fit to be tired about this. It's like, come on already. We needed it last year. And the flesh is by nature impatient. Impatient. And you got to do what? Scripture said mortify. That's not a nice word. (laughs) Kill it. Not literally physically, but the impulses of it get a hold of it. 
say, we got to have it now. Say, shut up, shut up. We don't have the witness yet. You wish you did. You want it. You're looking. But is God faithful, saints? Is he faithful? Seek and you may be lost forever. No, seek. Seek and you shall. Did Jesus say it? Come on to the head of the church. Ask, it'll be given. Knock, it'll be open. Seek, you shall find. He said, you call on me, and when you seek with me with all your heart, you will find me. I will answer you. He's faithful. And boy, Phyllis and I can testify to that. There's been many times it didn't happen nearly as quickly as we'd like for it to wasn't convenient. Oh, but when you do finally get to witness, you are so glad. I mean, after the flesh, I would have settled for a fraction of the plane that we just got. I mean, I would have settled for something that couldn't have crossed the country without a fuel stop. And it would have never been able to cross an ocean. I would have thought that was amazing. And it would have been. But he had something else he was endeavoring to get. And uh, that first one we looked at, you know, it was amazing. But it didn't have the new stuff. And we're coming in the other day and they gave us some restrictions. And this thing's got auto throttles. I mean, it's got amazing. You just dial it. They said, go this speed. And you go, no problem. Reach up and dial it in. Push a button. <laughs> thing after thing. Sarasota. We hadn't thought about it. But our greater faith meeting, our minister I mean, we did after we, we, we started, but our ministers, they love to come. Mm-hmm. They're calling us in the snow and ice from Canada and Minnesota and going, you're going to have a meeting? Yeah, yeah, February. Come on down. <laughs> right? <laughs> and people that come from uh, Central America, South America, different places, it's more convenient. And, and the Lord knows. And we don't know yet. The Lord gave us a, a word before, uh, when this church was starting, is that there was going to be something that's going to happen in the Sarasota church that was like what the word supply is. And uh, I believe that word, it came as a quickening. And uh, when we started building this studio, I thought, mm-hmm, getting some quickening here. Can you say amen? amen. I've given you a few examples. In your own life, as you followed him, it sounds familiar. If it doesn't sound familiar, you can start experiencing it immediately. All you got to do is mind, instead of everything out here, mind him who's in you. And exercise some restraint and patience. And just keep looking until you get that witness. Just keep listening, thinking, praying. All the time you're believing, he's going to show you. You're expecting. You're going to get it. Even when it looks like you're not. Even when it's like there's no way how. You're expecting. You're believing. And you won't quit till you find it. Hallelujah. When you do, let patience have her perfect work. You'll wind up perfect and entire, complete, wanting nothing. You'll be shouting and praising God. You're so good. You're so good. You've done exceeding abundantly above what I asked or thought. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise be to God.
Praise be to God. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices. Father, we praise you. Father, we give you glory. We give you thanks. We honor you. How good you are. How awesome you are. How wonderful you are. How faithful you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just praise him some. Lord, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.